And we're back. Welcome in Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you're enjoying the Olympics in Tokyo. But I'm going to bring you back here stateside here today because I want to introduce you to one of the newest members of the PGA Tour. When they get it started all over again after the playoffs, it'll happen quickly out in Nampa. The guy joining me here, Dylan Wu, he'll be in that field, I would imagine, as he won the Corn Ferry Tour event a week ago, Price Cutter Charity Championship presented by Dr. Pepper. And with that win, he moved from 31st to 14th, and that's going to get him his car. Congratulations, Dylan. Welcome into the pod. Uh, thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me. Dude, what is it like to shoot 27 under par? I mean, my yeah. goodness, 27 under par for four <laughs> rounds. What's that like? Yeah, I want to say the course is hard, but uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely really low. Um, I think it's just when we play in the Midwest at these courses, the the temperature is hot. It's ninety degrees, balls going far, and you can't make the greens super super firm just because they'll die. Um, so the greens are soft. So when you have that combination, ball go far, soft greens, not that high of rough. Um, guys are good, so. There'll be a lot of birdies made, and luckily I made enough birdies last week to to win. So it's definitely it's definitely rewarding almost to to go low to win, just because going low seems like the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like in my career, I love playing tough courses. So to to win at a course where you have to go low um, is definitely really rewarding. Yeah, show the versatility, right? And speaking of tough courses, you were t thirty first at the U.S. Open as well, which um, was a difficult golf course. Uh, but then you also have the ability to take it to 27 under and win. You know, it's interesting because like everybody has that comfort zone where they're like, okay, I'm in go mode. And then I get to this number and then all of a sudden I start to protect. Right. And, you know, some players, it might be, gosh, I'm going to break 80 or for some, it's going to break 70. And it's just that comfort zone. And it's like, wait a minute. I've done all this to get to this point. Why am I all of a sudden like putting the brakes on? Why do I just keep going? Is that yeah. something that you, you had to teach yourself where it's like, just keep going, just keep making birdies. Or was that just something that came natural to you? Yeah, it's definitely, I'd say it's something that you learn, um, especially going from, from junior golf to amateur golf. To, I think call, the transition from college golf to pro golf. I mean, honestly, the reality is if you're not playing on the PGA Tour and if a, tour, a course is not hosting a PGA Tour event, they probably want to host the best college players. So honestly, when I was at Northwestern, the courses we got to play were great. I mean, every year I play Olympia Fields, Aaron Hills. I mean, tough golf courses that are really good. Um, I played a bunch of PGA Tour courses more in college than I have in pro golf. And the reality is, uh, even on the Clark Ferry, but on the other tours, whether it's McKinsey Tour, Form Tour, or any of the mini tours everywhere in the country, you're probably going to play an easier golf course because the costs are lower to host the, the um, host the tournament. Um, easier golf course. I mean, it's not going to be conditioned as well as the PGA Tour event, so it's just going to be an easier course, which means you guys are going to go lower. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reality. Um, when I first turned pro, I mean, the reality is that if you shoot 70 every round in college golf, you're a first-team All-American. If you shoot 70 in mini tours, you're not making any money. So it's just the different golf course, the different golf courses. So I think that prepared me is, um, when I first turned pro Monday qualifiers definitely helps, uh, just cause you, you have to learn to just keep the gas on the pedal. It's the hardest thing to do. Cause I mean, it's really easy to get in your own way. And I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of like the stuff 
I remember reading a book when I was a kid, like Vision 54. It's like, why, not, why can't you just birdie every hole? I mean, reality, like, you've hit a bunch of great shots over. I mean, I play golf every day, basically, and I've hit a bunch of good shots and birdied to your home golf course every single time. Like, every hole on the course, why can't you just do that one round? So it's kind of having that little bit of perspective, but it's definitely hard. Yeah. I think for me as a pro, I mean, once you get past, like, six or seven under, and then you're like – you get towards shooting in the low 60s that's where you're like you kind of start thinking about it too much just because no matter what you shoot six or seven under on any golf course whether it's easy or hard it's a good score um so yeah that's it's definitely just the mindset um i I wish it came naturally i mean sometimes if you sometimes guys that didn't play college golf and just know how to to score i mean if you don't get to the pj tour right away i mean yeah it's a good asset to, to to have already yeah, there's a lot to be saying, you know, you have to have a place to play, right? And when I taught a lot and worked with a lot of kids, like, you know, there's always the college in mind that you want to go to, or maybe there's a better fit where you can go and learn, but eventually you got to get out there and play and score. And for players at your level, win, right? Like you got to win. And what does that feel like? And maybe taking a step back and playing in a tournament that's not as big in stature and just doing what you need to do there to get your mind right and win um, can go a long ways. You went to Northwestern, you work with um, Pat Goss and you still do Pat, of course, a top teacher, you know, worked with Luke Donald for years and many, and he's really good in the short game, but he was your head coach and Pat knows certainly what it takes to, to get someone out there and be successful as a professional golfer. When you look where you when you look at where you are now, about ready to start your PGA tour career here in say a couple months, and you look back to your experience with Pat, what do you think if you had to draw one or two things that he's really helped you to prepare for this point? Like in the things that maybe he's told you or has taught you that is now like, man, I I can really see the value in that as I've now propelled now to the PGA tour card. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pat's a great coach. Uh, I used to work with him like on my entire game ever since I got to Northwestern. Just a busy guy, and I love him. And he was the reason I went to Northwestern. Um, mm. I kind of told myself at the beginning, like, I could go to all these great academic schools. Academics were important to me just because golf's really hard. I mean, you got to have a backup plan. Not know people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the reason I went there. And he's just been honestly just great. He gives he's really honest. It's one thing I love about him. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of like teammates, I mean, sometimes you can't handle it, but some of, some of his famous quotes are like, don't be sorry, just do better. Or when you're working on stuff, the technique on stuff, he's like better, not right. So like he's, it, it, it all depends on how you take it. Um, so mm-hmm. stuff like that, just being really honest with me on my development as a game. And then also I think just how I practice, like learning how to practice like a professional golfer. And I mean, Seeing him work with Luke Donald over the years when I was in college, learned a lot just from watching. Um, it's not like golf gets that much different when you when you play it from junior golf to amateur golf to professional golf. Like good golf is good golf, but right. uh, just like the how to practice and how to just having a plan for success is something that he really ingrained in me. And then also just as a professional golfer, you see it nowadays more like you don't have to have a perfect swing. Everybody gets it done in a certain way. You need to have, you need to figure out your own formula um, on how to gain the most strokes on the golf course, whether it's you hitting it really far, whether it's you're putting it really well, whatever works for you, but sticking to your DNA 
Um, and for him, one thing he's been telling me, especially the last year and a half, two years, is that your your only goal is just to keep on becoming a better player, just developing your skills and becoming a better golfer. Let the results take care of themselves. Just because at the end of the day, if you wake up the next day a better golfer than the day before, that's all you can ask for. Um, you don't have any control of those results. And the goal is not just to get to the PJ Tour. I mean, of course, I'm celebrating now that I'm on the PJ, going to be on the PJ Tour this fall, but the goal is to keep on developing your skills so you stay there. That's what he's been telling me the last couple of weeks, even um, last month, two months, where I've been outside the top 25. And mm -hmm. the PJ Tour has kind of, of course, been on my mind, but like it's not been a lot until now. Um, so he just, he's just a great uh, yeah. kind of role model advice. He just, he's, he's worked with so many guys in the PGA Tour. I mean, he took Luke Donald to number one in the world for a long time. So I really trust him on, on him for, every, for everything. Mm -hmm. And he's only looking out for my best interest. So, no, he's definitely one of the guys in my corner. That, um, yeah, I think you made a good decision, um, you know, going there. And this win was big. I mean, you were 31st coming in. Now you're 14th. Um, so now you've got some comfort here. You, you can start to plan a little bit, look ahead you know, to the tournaments that you can get into? Is there a particular event that as you look ahead, you're like, man, I can't wait to get there. This is going to be so much fun. Um, I mean, Napa should be pretty fun. I mean, it's a good first event. I mean, I'm a big foodie. My fiance and I like to drink wine and, and enjoy food. <laughs> what is like, Pino? what are you like, Pinot? Or are you like a... I'm a big cab guy. Cab, okay. So we're actually um, off topic a little bit. Like this week, we have an off week, but we're actually flying to Napa tonight. I booked um, like a three-day trip for us to Napa and tour a lot of wineries about a month and a half ago right, when I made the cut to the U.S. Open. So it was, it was way before I, I won, but we're flying tonight. We're going to enjoy ourselves there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, you can't go wrong there. There's um, yeah. there's some wonderful things. You might want to take, just take a trip up to Willamette Valley too if you want in Portland there. There's exactly your yeah. cap, guys. So they're – he knows her. Anyway, he knows yeah. her big up there in uh, – But I think – yeah. But to answer your question again, um, Napa is going to be a first cool first event. I mean, living in Scottsdale now, uh, I've a lot at TPC um, in the past couple of years, and I actually just became a member at Whisper Rock not that long ago. But to play in the waste management would be a really cool event. Um, it's definitely an event that's harder to get into, but maybe hopefully get a sponsor if you're knowing the right people or playing yeah. well enough in the fall, we'll get that. Um, but that's, I mean, every event out there is just so much better. That's what I've realized. I've played in the Shriners before and then the U.S. Open. No matter whether it's an opposite field event or um, just any event out there, I just I always joke around with my friends. I can't wait to finish like 18th and make over 100. Grand. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, your life's your life's about ready to change, and and you know there'll be a big learning curve, you know, on the PGA Tour, just like probably you've had to learn, you know, a lot of things about the Cornberry Tour and traveling as a professional and getting in and out of cities. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into that. You mentioned yeah. your golf swing and not happen to have a, a perfect swing, but you damn near do. I mean, you got a great swing, Dylan. I know you work with Jeff Smith have for um, a little while now. And um, I know you can't see the swing, but we're going to put it up here. And I'd love for you to just kind of give us some insight to this swing and maybe some of the things that you're working on um, right now with Jeff. Yeah. So I'm honestly, I didn't really have that much instruction growing up. Um, kind of was like a homemade swing a little bit. Like my dad was a big role model. He, when I was born is when he started learning the game. So kind of have some unique matchups. Uh, I've like one of the things I do, I think I overdo and I don't really like too much about my swing is something that is like being taught more and more now. It's just, I overshallow the club. Like I've, I've never, I remember growing up and I'm like, I hate this. Like everybody wants to steep. I'm like, you want like the line, like kind of steep. I remember I was looking 
this is before instruction that changed the last 10 years but like i remember growing up I'm like this i don't like this at all but um yeah one of the things i've always grew up with like a weak left hand grip um just always comfortable with that and a lot of this i mean a lot of things i was talking with jeff uh like the matchups i have i played ice hockey for 13 14 years uh before so like a lot of the setup stuff i do is kind of just almost resembles a little bit of a, like a slap shot so like right side's a little uh likes to go this way and my body opens up a lot um but the one thing that i'm working with jeff on uh, the biggest thing he he teaches is just doesn't really teach much downswing stuff because he, he wants it to be kind of just a reaction of the backswing so making sure the backswing matchups are, are good um but the one thing um that we're really focusing on my swing is maybe just trying to strengthen my left hand grip a little bit to get the club face a little stronger uh through impact i mean throughout the entire swing and um one thing i do when i when i shallow the club when i open it up uh when i shallow is when the club face opens so i tend to get the club face uh a little open and the club underneath which which will result in a lot of timing um so we're working on trying to feel like it's weird like a lot of guys i get too much this way with my right mm -hmm. my right my right arm it just gets my trail arm he keeps he he calls it uh just gets way too external. Like it just like touches my rib cage. Right. Versus like other people, like they try to do that. They like try to practice like really shallowing. Oh, I yeah. just do it naturally. So I literally have to feel like I'm like steepening the club a little bit. Um, but yeah, the few things we're working on basically I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, yeah. Like I've been trying lately to strengthen my left hand up a little bit in practice, and then try to feel like I, based on my right my right trail arm, just trying to make sure it doesn't get so uh external just trying to make sure it maintains a little bit just to get the mm -hmm. my plan's pretty good um i just want the club base in a little stronger position um like victor hovland's a guy i mean you see it nowadays a lot of guys who are the best players in the world if you have a shut face or a closed face to impact in the downswing all you have to do is hold on it's pretty easy right. to just to try to hit it <clears throat> yeah exactly versus versus when you have an open face it's a little more timing yeah. Um, of course, it's a little harder for me and my longer clubs. That's when I really want so shallow. So I'd say I'm a pretty good driver of the golf ball. Um, honestly, with Jeff, the one thing I love about Jeff, too, is that he's honest, too. Like, mm -hmm. when we first started working, it's like, you got some very unique matchups, he told me. And I keep on, I always joke with him, I'm like, I must be really good to be able to play well with, with my swing. That's what I always joke, <laughs> joke about because I'm like, all these guys have some nice perfect swings. I'm like, I kick their, kick their ass. <laughs> I'm like, my matchups aren't perfect, but yeah for me it's just trying to keep it simple um yeah the long-term thing is just trying to get the club face a little stronger throughout the swing mm -hmm. i feel like my back i make a real he always says you make a perfect backswing, but like just your my unique motion of the transition shallowing um i just overdo it so just kind of minimizing yeah. that the, you know, the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor improve your golf swing today pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback data and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Case is about the size of a rangefinder, And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. 
rapsodo.com. You know how many people listening and watching this right now are just like, you gotta be kidding me. I've been trying to shower the club for 20 years and this guy's got too much. You know, it's like, that's a very rare thing, you know, to have that shaft pitch back too much. And that's a better player talking. I mean, that's, those are better player errors, not an error, just an opportunity, right? Like it probably gets a little pitch back face gets a touch open, but you're so gifted. You can, you can maneuver the face at the bottom nine times out of 10. It's just the one or two that sneak in there that are like, "Eh, I don't want that. So let's go this way to get it out. If you're golf swing, um, I've learned over time. I mean, no matter how good of a golfer you are, your tendencies and the the way you swing is going to be what makes you good. Um, You just got to make sure you own those things. And Mm -hmm. just you got to swing, make, make like for me, it's like, make the best version of my swing possible. Don't lose swing. I'm never, I mean, we always say he's not going to swing like Adam Scott. He's going to swing like this himself. Just making yourself better. And work, you're probably going to be working on the same things like that you were working on as a kid or mm-hmm. junior golf or college golf for the rest of your life. Um, so that's the one thing. And it's always a process. It's the hardest thing to do is, is make a swing change, especially when you're in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the one thing I do a lot, and I, I really like, I think for hockey too, is I open a lot. I rotate and like open my body a lot. So it's the one thing with irons that Jeff says it's I can hit him really straight with my matchup. This is just because when the club's a little more shallow and a little more under plane, I can just open my body and rotate. But with the long clubs, it gets a little harder. Um, that's why I'm even growing up. I was always wondering, like, why don't I have that matchup that people love with like the right side bend, hands really like up, like say like Brooks Kepka swing or like, you know, the, the impact position that really square shoulders. I'm like opposite. Mm-hmm. My hands are like a little more like Sergio. So like Pato was... When I was in college, Pato was like, or guys would ask me like, he'd ask like, who's swing do you want want to have the most? And the person I related to was Sergio, just because I feel like I swing. He's the guy that, I mean, shells a club and and my swing most likely resembles. If you want to have a model, if you want to look to somebody, you might as well look at somebody that's going to swing similar to you. Like, I'm not going right. to swing like that at all. We don't have at all the same matchup. So you just kind of have to figure out what's your best best path to become a better ball striker. Mm-hmm. What do you like to see the ball do? Is it is it pretty straight or does it die one way or the other? So I prefer a left-right shape, um, but I hit it pretty straight. My mm-hmm. ball doesn't really curve. Um, I mean, to be honest, when I, I do like to see the woods curve a little more left-right in my irons. I mean, I keep on saying I like to hit cuts, but yeah. I hit it pretty darn straight. Pretty straight I mean, honestly, yeah. when I'm hitting it, hitting it my best, is like a full cut. Um, yeah, my version's pretty tight. I just know when I'm not hitting it the best is when the club gets a little under and I get a little just a little more timing and I hit some full draws. Um, but yeah, I hit it pretty straight. I mean, it seems like nowadays, I mean, you don't have to work the ball both ways, but it's good to know how to do that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times, especially if you're playing a course, like I played last week where it's a lot of wedges and stuff like that. I mean, hit your stock shot and the greens are soft, like hit your stock shot most of the time. It's going to work out. Yeah. You might need one or two shots around that you need to curve it around a tree or whatever. Right. It's interesting, like what you said there, and I have this conversation a lot with 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 students. Is that you said when the club gets under and the face get, when the face gets a little too open, you hit more draws. And if you scratch your head, like wait a minute, he said the face was open. What happens is the face gets too open, and then you have to you got to cook it, yeah. and now all of a sudden the face is looking left, and you never want to hit that shot because it starts left and goes left. So it's yeah. like the fix is you got to get the face more shut in theory. Yeah. And now you can just turn and hit it. So it's oftentimes it's the opposite. And I, you know, yeah, there's players who on tour right now and and 
and certainly over the years that have had the face a little open and, and that's the way they hit it, you know, and, and that's their DNA and off you go. I think more times than not, you're seeing that face pretty square, maybe a little shut. And then, you know, they can just kind of do what they want from there. And it's certainly a lot easier to fade it, turn, cover it, open, especially how you want to open when that face is prepared. And I'm sure it's like when it's prepared and you're just turning and hitting and hitting your start lines, it's like, man, I can't, I can't hit it hard enough. Like I'm just so locked in, right? Like you were um, this last week when you shot 27 under par, you know, you were, you were a big hockey player. Your whole family is too. Right. And I wanted to ask you this, like, when you, when you hit a hockey shot, like, and I'm not, a, I'm not a hockey buff at all. Like I'm, um, are you, it, to me, it always felt like you're like more on top of it, like almost ahead of it yeah. Where in golf. You're like you're a little bit more behind it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're still opening, but is that, is that accurate? That, that's, that's definitely accurate. I felt like when I'm hitting a slap shot and the slap shot's the closest thing to like a wish shot doesn't really matter, but like a slap shot, you're really covering it. You're really leaning into your left side. And there's, I mean, it's just a lot of rotation. Like that's, that's the feeling right there. And the one thing with the golf swing, it's very different. Like the one thing I've always never been a big fan of is like the, the hip, se- sorry, uh, hip separation in the swing, like having feeling like um, the hips separate, like the hip start and the downswing. I've never been a fan of that. I think it's just because of hockey. Like I don't really think too much of it. I always tend to lean a little bit, but I don't think it's that big of a deal, but that's something I think just, playing hockey for 13, 14 years and hitting slap shots um, definitely resembles what, what I do in the golf swing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little different. Um, and there's not as many people that like ha- have it, but you just got to own your own your swing and just, yeah, I mean. Because the reason I say it, like you can see it in your swing, like you, I wouldn't imagine that you back up very often. No. Like you don't like a lot of players. I, I, yeah. I get too, I stay in posture too long and I don't extend up sometimes enough to where I like, I drag. So like one thing, right. I don't know why I've always done this, but like over, always over shallowed and then I always drag the clubs. Like there's always a little separation in my left arm and left wrist. So mm. it's, I mean, I think it's like a little bit like Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, I remember like reading stuff about it. He helps him hit it straighter. And I think that's why I drove the ball pretty straight. Um, and I still drive it pretty straight, but like so those are the one things, but one of the things like in chipping and stuff like that, like my full swing stuff kind of gets in my, into my chipping. So I really want to use the balance. You want to deliver the club, mm-hmm. but dragging the club is like you're pulling the handle a lot. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely different. A little different. I love that move though. Like you can see like you're, when you start down, like the left shoulder, left hip, the pelvis kind of, kind of, it, there's almost like a little sink and then you, yeah. and then you turn. You know, there's no, like, sometimes you'll see people pop up and they'll yeah, back up out of it, but I don't, really you don't see that with you. That's one thing I, I really think I play really well in the wind. So I get yeah. under pressure. I get a lot of low, like, I get a trap jaw whenever I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. like when I'm, when I'm, yeah, whenever I'm playing well or say playing well or like in, in contention under pressure, you have to hit a shot. I'll always go to floating shots. And when you're playing soft greens like we were in Missouri, I mean, you can you can hit it whatever height you want. It's all about controlling spin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing I like playing in the wind is something with my strengths. It's just because I can control the ball flight. Like I remember we were playing in Bahamas two, uh, last year and it blows 30, 35. Like scores are carnage out there. And there's some holes that are 130 yards. You have to hit five or six irons. And I'm like, I'm playing with a guy. I forget who, but he like hits it like 
He's trying to hit. He tries to like hit it above the land. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm seeing like twenty feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I've never heard that. I'm gonna hit it above the wind. <laughs> so that's what it seemed like. It looked like he just popped the four iron straight in the air. It's 140 yards. I'm like, dude, that went 100 yards. It just went straight into the wind. That's awesome. Uh, so. We'll finish with this here. You, so you're going to, you're going to, you're going to finish up on the corn ferry tour and then you're going to get out there as we talked about the courses. You have any buddies out there right now? You know, anybody on the tour, like, man, get out here. We can't wait. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to crush this thing. Who, who you got out there that uh, you can't wait to, to mix it up with? Yeah. I mean, I luckily when I played in the U S open, I played a practice round with uh, Colin Morikawa. Uh, he's a, a friend of mine. I play a lot of junior golf, college golf. Mm-hmm. My, one of my best, one of my friends on the Corn Ferry Tour was his teammates, KK Lombasset. Um, so Collins, one of the guys I would love to. I mean, he. I played a practice on the U.S. Open. I'm like, this is a guy. If I had to structure my game on a player who I want to be, like the player, basically the player I want to be, it's basically Colin Morikawa. Like mm-hmm. literally, it's cuts. It's, it's about the same size as me. I mean really good iron play. I mean, when I played with him, I'm like, this guy's going to win A-plus majors. I remember playing in the U.S. Open, like, this is a pressure. I'm like, he doesn't miss. Like, <laughs> there's a reason he's, like, the best iron player. Like, how does this golf look any better? I'm like, yeah, this is just amazing to watch, and it's amazing to learn. But there's a couple other young guys I played. Like, when I played in the U.S. Open, uh, talked to, I played pressure with Victor Hovland, too. I played a little college golf with him. He worked with Jeff Smith, too. Um, yep. There's a couple of young, young guys that played, uh, that graduated the Corn Ferry two years ago. Doug Gam. Um, Scott Harrington plays on the PJ Tour now. Of course, the Northwestern guys I would love to play um, play with. Now that we're going to have, hopefully, I think five guys on tour next year, which is pretty cool. I mean, guys mm-hmm. don't think it's awesome. a golf school, and we're in the Midwest, so it shows that um, you can play golf. You can play golf, college golf, literally every, anywhere nowadays, and you, you can still get to the PJ Tour. Um, yeah, I mean, every, it seems like everybody out there on the PJ Tour is pretty cool. So yeah, I got to play. A few on the weekend, I played with uh, Adam Hadwin, Brian Harmon. It's kind of nice playing with guys that I hit it a little farther than, just to show that you don't necessarily need distance to to succeed on the PGA Tour, and they're both prime examples of that. Um, and all the guys here in Scottsdale, uh, Max Homa, Ches Reed, Kevin Streelman, some guys that, that live here that I've been able to play with a few times. Um, I'm just excited. I don't care who out there. I just want just to get out there and play and just play with the best guys out there. So I'm just really excited. Well, Marikawa is not a bad guy to be um, running around with. I mean, no, he's uh, and here I'll give you a couple other names to look at because you want to hang out with like great putters too. Like you know, like just watch the ball go in like all the time. Like you know, try to play with Louie. Try to play with um, you know JT Poston, Kokrak's a great putter, Zach Johnson, Brendan Todd. Like you know, kind of chime it up with those guys too because they can you know like they just make putt after putt after putt. So like. And now Morikawa, you know, we know when he makes putts, like, forget it. I mean, it's over because yeah. the dude is the best ball striker on on the planet, you know. So, yeah, yeah you got it. You can tell it's the first time we've talked. You got a great head on your shoulders. And, um, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I, I have a lot of conversations with players and coaches and sports psychologists. And, you know, one thing that always stuck in my mind, Dr. McCabe, he's, you know, I said, what's the – one thing that you find yourself saying a lot to these, to these players that you're working with, especially young ones. And he's like, you know, that they're, that they are good enough. You know, like, it's like the belief, like what, who you are and what got you here, you're good enough. Right. Yeah, so like, 100%. you don't have to reinvent anything. The wheel. You know, like, yeah, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like tweet, get better, get yeah. stronger. Like, you know, the natural things. It's just, taking, it's just, 
it's just how you got there. Like, yeah. all the things about my swing, about my game, it's not going to change when I get to the PGA Tour. Yeah, you're, you're good enough. On, like, you made it. You're just playing on a different golf course, and you're playing against better players. But, of course, like, the way you play golf should stay exactly the same. That's how you succeeded in the past, and that's what you so it's your formula. You just got to stick to your DNA. I mean, that's the one thing I want to do when I get to the PGA Tour. You're playing big boy courses and stuff like that, but you don't have to go for every pin. I mean, that's right. the one thing I think we'll, I will like on the PGA Tour is not having to shoot six or seven hundred to make the cut. I mean, I was looking last week. I shot four hundred the first day. I was like, ah, I played this course before. I mean, the cut's like five or six hundred. I was four hundred and I was in T47. I'm like, it was kind of easy, but like, you still, I should have still shot 400 and I was in 47th place. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is tough. The cut might be eight. So, like, that's the one thing I I do. I mean, like, play on the PJ Tour. You play way tougher courses. You have to control your golf ball a lot more. Yep. Um, that's the one thing. And then I think hitting fairways is going to be a bigger premium for sure. That was playing in the U.S. Open. It was definitely um, just an eye-opener. It's just how you playing from the fairway. I mean, some pins you can't even go for. You're, you're yep. trying to hit, like, 60, 70 feet from the rough. Like, or just trying to where the best chip shot's going to be um yeah no i'm just just trying to be the best version of myself um and just try to get better every day just keep on developing my skills and then hopefully that leads to 25 plus years on the pj tour and then i get ready for the champions tour you just got to promise me that when you when you win like um let's see you're gonna tough course you win the players right that's gonna be that's a course that you know you're not gonna just tear up every single time the honda Right down yeah, at PGA Honda. Nationals, always anything in Florida, man. Like, like oh, you're yeah. not shooting six, seven under every day in Florida in any of these courses. So U.S. Open tracks, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't mind winning the American Express or shooting like thirty under. Okay. I mean, those are cool people. Yeah. I mean, I think any win, I mean, playing any win, playing any event out there and playing well would be great. I think yeah. you just gotta learn. The scores are gonna, the scores reflect how the conditions of the course going to be. If it's tougher. But there's a reason, like, I kind of have a number every week on the course. Like, last week, I think my goal was 25 to 28, and Jeez. I did that. And most of the times, my number is pretty good. But, like, at the U.S. Open, my goal is to shoot even for four rounds. And those guys, like John Rom shot six under. He probably has a number, like, 10 under. So, it just keep on getting better so I can see see what I know is the golf is going to be. And that's the yep. plan out there. But I'll take I'll take any victory out there if you gave it to me. <laughs> hey, well, just get out there learn the ropes, make some cuts, make money, keep getting better. Like you said, you're, you're doing all the right things. Just let it all kind of fall into place. Maybe it falls into place early and you win one. I don't know. Like yeah, maybe it takes exactly. a while. Who knows? Just, just keep doing what you're let the, let the wheels turn. It's the fascinating game like that, right? Cause you can play great and not make the cut and then you can yeah. not play great and make the cut. And it's just a yeah. weird dynamic, but it kind of works itself control. out over time. Yeah. It's all so. about just control what you can control. There's a lot of variables you can't control. You can't control how other people play. You control your attitude and how you play and how you prepare every day on the golf course and just play your best every day. And then if you look back at it and you didn't make any mental mistakes, the things you can control, then that's all you can ask for. Sometimes golf is, is crazy. You kind of have run roller coasters, ride roller coasters, and it goes up and down. Not, not many people can be like my future. I mean, you can be camp champ and win once a year and three-time winner at 26 and yeah. you haven't played as well. One, I mean, with golf, you just need four good rounds. I mean, yeah. anybody could do it. You just need four good rounds in a row, and once a year, and you're you, you're gonna play on the PGA Tour uh, for the rest of your life. So, just gotta well, have a it. 68, mindset. 65, 63, 65. Those are the four you needed, you know, there to to win it. 14th in the Corn Ferry Tour. You're gonna be a new member on the PGA Tour next year, starting in Nampa. You're going to Nampa this week, and I'm jealous. <laughs> um, don't drink too much wine. 
Dylan, thank you for uh, joining me on the Stripe Show pod. I can't thank you enough, man. And the best of luck to you. We'll be, we'll be watching. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.